podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode 76 of the Dishonomics Podcast. As per a big shout out to the listeners of the previous week and my guest, my guy Patrice. Patrice is a fund manager and he was very helpful in the second part of the investment series. Investing in funds and investing in stocks and shares ISAs. We discuss what a fund is, the different types of funds, where you can actually invest in these funds, why you should, the potential downsides to invest in the funds, the cost, all that type of stuff there. We also discuss what a stock and share ISA is, why it's tax proficient, why it's better than just having a standard cash ISA. So make sure you check that podcast out. It's very important that we invest. Investment is not exclusive to people who have loads of money. Anybody can invest. And it could be as little as 25 to 50 pounds a month. And with compound interest and compound growth in a long period of time, that would amass to a decent amount of money, Lord willing. So make sure you check that podcast out, very, very important. And it is actually a nice segue into this week's episode. But before we get into this week's gist, I have a special announcement to make. November the 4th, 2018, make sure you save that date. That'll be Dysonomics' first live show. That's a Sunday. Doors will open at 6, party done at 11. So make sure you're there, be there or be squared, etc., etc. Tickets should come out on Monday 24th of September on shubs.com barring any last minute higgy haggas but I'll be promoting the tickets on my social media pages so that's at Dysonomics on Instagram underscore numbers on Twitter make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend there will be some early bird tickets so for those who are you know cost efficient make sure you grab them ASAP early bird catches the worm and that but everybody else there will be standard tickets don't dilly dally to get tickets for oh yeah I'll wait I'll wait I'll see you with my friends when I come grab your ticket and then let your friend grab their tickets because if all the tickets are done, don't cry, don't beg. Or if you think your friend might be interested, just grab a ticket for your friend. You know what I mean? Like, don't be a pagan. Be a, be a good friend. A young Christmas present. But yeah, so make sure you are there. Shout out to all those people who are giving me love for announcing this on Insta and Twitter. Thank you for your love, but also my friend, I beg, please please come and chop ticket. There'll be more details to the structure of the show as the weeks go by but there will be there's there's a bar so you ladies that love a young cocktail and a, and a cheeky glass of wine you could do that please make sure you come and enjoy also you know I don't condone dates but this is a good place to take a date you know what I mean go there mingle with other people actually don't really want to be mingle with other people on dates innit? go there nice environment Shoreditch Old Street sides could grab a young beverage learn crack a couple of laughs and all that so yeah Tell a friend to tell a friend. That's the most important thing. Don't dilly-dally buy your tickets, my brother. And ladies, grab your ticket, grab your friend's ticket, all that. But yeah, more details will be coming through through the weeks and on my podcast and on my social media pages, etc., etc. Now, for this week's episode, building on from last week's talking about funds and stocks and shares, ISA, we're keeping that investment theme. I'm joined by a special guest called Ola from the Tagging In podcast. And we are talking... Pensions, very, very important. Let's go. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. It's lit. It's lit. It's lit. Hello and welcome back to episode 76 of the Dysonomics podcast. 
following on from that Young Investment series, where this week we're going to talk about pensions, and I'm joined by a very special guest. Ola, what's good? What are you saying? Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for having me, Dyson. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. I always appreciate when people take time out of their busy schedules to jump on this moment, so I respect that. So, Ola, tell us about yourself. So... Yeah, you 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 can freestyle it. So, how old are you? What do you do for a living? Did you go university? Cool, cool. cool. So, go so on. I'm 26. Yeah, my name's Ola. Uh, currently working in financial services, an organisation. Financial services organisation called Hargreaves Lansdowne. Um, I've actually got a new job starting soon at the Bank of England. Um, hella stress, but um, yeah. Oh, what, you got, coming out? Yeah, what? You you're gonna be in bank, yeah? Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lit. Right. Yeah. Congrats, 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 congrats. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, but yeah, my sort of background is actually sort of science. I did biomedical science at university. Jeez. But um You're such a Nigerian. Sort of last two years I just started <laughs> you you know already. Um last two years I just started reading about investments, investing and how people were turning a couple grand into a couple hundred grand. And yeah, I just thought needed, nah, needed, jumping needed. on this wave. Yeah, trust needed. me, I'm like I'm on this. So kinda left university and then just kinda moved straight into finance and from there, I've just kind of built knowledge on, you know, investing and I sit within sort of like a pensions team as well. So I've got that kind of pensions knowledge and I think pensions is just one of those topics that is very important, but it's always down really low on people's priorities list. So I'm glad we're just here to do this. Okay, sweet, sweet. So, um, and what do you do outside of work? So outside of work, I've got a podcast myself uh, called Tagman Podcast, essentially about <laughs> being the best version of yourself. So you guys can sort of check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, tagmeinpodcast.co.uk. And then, yeah, just all things sort of finance related, investing, saving, trying to get money and just living life, man. And so what um, digital streaming platforms can we catch your podcast on? So the podcast can be found on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. Go check us out, like, comment, subscribe, leave reviews. Um, and yeah. It's the good stuff. Yeah, you know how to get that. I see, see how I set you up for that plug. I'm here for that Urzel. Yeah, I had to. You were trying to. Don't know. Pl- you try not to plug Thanks, your own man. stuff. I was thinking, what's wrong with Don? Is he all right? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> no, I was going to do at the end. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I get, get early doors, bro. Where the, the most listeners, fam. Okay. Anyway. Okay, okay. All right, cool. So let's get into it. Well, Ola's already alluded to it. And if you listen to the podcast, you've seen the title. So you know what we're talking about. So we're talking about pensions, 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 pensions. So what is a pension? So, Ola, what, what's, a, what's a pension? I'll just do it. So in very, very simple terms, a pension is essentially a tax efficient way of saving to support your yourself in sort of later life. And it essentially has favorable sort of tax treatments to compare to other forms of savings. So that's it sort of in very sort of basic terms. Yeah. So you're just basically putting money away during your working years into a pot. And then once you stop mm-hmm. working, you could take that money out, whether it be a lump sum a number of small subs or like a periodic payment. And it's, yeah. as, as Ola said, it's a tax efficient way of saving for your long, 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 long term future. There's two types of pensions. Yeah. Um, most of us are probably going to be experienced with defined contribution, but it's also defined benefit. Um, Ola, do you want me to talk on this or do you want to talk on this or which, how should we do it? I'll, I'll, yeah, so I'll just kind of give a sort of bit. Yeah, go on. So generally speaking, in terms of pensions as a whole, yeah, you have your workplace pension, which can be broken down into defined benefits, defined contribution. You have your individual pension and you have the 
state pension with the workplace pension. That's essentially a scheme arranged by your employer. Um, and from that, when you get paid every month, they take a certain percentage of your salary into a pot and then most employers essentially match that as well. So if you put in four, they might put in four, some might put in 15 or more, whatever the level is. In terms of the defined contribution, that's essentially a pension that's based on how much money has been paid into it. So the money paid into a scheme is essentially what you kind of get. And then sort of, as you said, there's the defined benefit, which is sometimes referred to as a final the salary final, yep. or a gold-plated. Um, but these are kind of being phased out. And yeah, essentially the fork. money you get back doesn't sort of depend on your investments. It's sort of based on your salary when you retire or an average salary over your sort of entire tenure of, of working. But these are being phased out because they are expensive. They're really good if you get one, yeah. but they are sort of expensive. It's funny you say that because um, I, I currently work in the public sector and um, as I'm contracting and I'm trying, they're trying to twang me to stay there permanently. And they're like, some of the benefits is that I can get a defined benefit pension. And this is good because right. you're getting, a, so let's say whatever, if let's say your career average is 70K across across your lifetime, you could potentially get in that per year. Whereas if you're in the defined contribution and you're only putting in, let's say, whatever the minimum is, which is like 5% in total across, and your investments don't go too well or something like that, then it could be a bit of a sticky one still for you when you retire. So... That's something Precisely, to pay, yeah. That's something to pay attention something to pay attention to. In terms of um defined contribution, what you re- essentially get when you retire is essentially as um Ola said, how much you put in, how well your investments perform, and the payment plan. So if you're as I said before, you can choose to get it periodically or you can get out one fat lump sum. For in terms of if you look at the entire workforce workforce in the UK, according to the ONS. 43% of UK employees have a defined contribution and that has jumped dramatically since 2012 from 17%. And that's because in 2012, the government introduced something called auto-enrollment where you now mm. have to uh, be enrolled into a pension plan. And speaking of government, they spend mad, mad peas on pensions. The government it takes up 20% of the budget. So one in five, one in every five pounds spent by the government is on pensions. £165.8 billion projected to be spent in 2018, 2019. In terms of defined benefit... It's big business. Yeah, yeah, it's big business. It really depends on your pension scheme, but you can be getting a massive, massive, massive payout compared to if you want to find contribution. That's something to look into. And those who work in the public sector, that's something to look forward to. Well, hopefully. <laughs> depending on the pension things, but we'll talk about <laughs> that later. And this is a lot lower. 29% of UK employees currently are on a defined benefit. So three out of 10 of you are quite lucky. Anything else you'd like to add on um, the difference, the difference in type? No, that's definitely definitely sort of most true. I always kind of encourage people to find out which one they're on. Yeah, and you know, if it is a defined contribution, understand what percentage you're putting in. And I always kind of encourage people to sort of say, think about how much you want to be realistically living on in retirement, and then try to understand how much you need to save towards uh, retirement to kind of get to that level. There's no point if you're just putting in the minimum contributions. Then retirement comes, and then you're feeling sorry for yourself, feeling sorry for yourself when you can't buy a supermarket or anything. Yeah, you start yeah, planning true. And preparing sort of now. And one thing that we talk about at work is, so with Mount, you know, um, that mountain Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Essentially, what they've sort of found is that seventy percent of all the deaths that occur on the mountain tend to happen at the start of the descent. 
So people kind of get themselves up to climb up this big mountain. They're going up, they're working hard, they get to the top, they're like, yeah, I've done it. On the way down, seven out of 10 people die at, at the start of getting down. Why? Because people don't really prepare for that kind of, that downward slope. No one, and by that point, you kind of lost energy. And when you think about that in terms of sort of a pension, you spend most of your working life literally working, working, stacking. Some people stack, most of them, a lot of them don't, unfortunately, not understanding what you're doing or why you're doing it. You reach your time and age and then people are just like struggling, really sort of struggling. And if you look at um, pension poverty levels, Age UK, which is the largest charity for people in older age, found that about 1.9 million people in the UK are living in poverty. Yep. Being poor is bad enough and it is hard being poor in old age when you're wrinkly you can't see you got cataracts yeah you can't can't physically work so even if you want to get a job you physically can't it's it's peak it is peak and that's why i'm always pushing people to really kind of look into this these sorts of things and just understand the importance of of you know understanding your pension yeah i think um yeah the pension property has although it's decreased from 94 95 from about 2.75 to under two million, as you said, in 2016, 2017, that's still way too many people, pensioners who've spent their life paying tax on working, too much. living in poverty. And when you look at the stats, 16% of pensioners in the UK had income, and this is after you've taken account housing costs, um, less than 60% of the median household income, which is terrible. And then when you actually look at, in terms of, when you drill down into demographics and ethnicity, that's 14% of white pensioners, 29% of Asian pensioners and 33% of black black pensioners. So one in three of one in three of black pensioners or three out of ten Asian pensioners are living in very terrible means. And that's that's something that we need to try to navigate in our generation. Speaking of our and generation, I think auto 100%. enrollment has definitely helped because um twenty if you look at the the splits in terms of ages. The 22 to 29 age range has the largest growth in pension subscription, like pension memberships, I say. So these are people actually actually have a pension now. So that went up from 65% to 73% from 2016 to 2017. And the gap has has been closing, but there still is a gap in terms of public sector and private. So if you look at 2017, public sector, 89% of public sector staff have, have a pension. Private sector... Is sixty-seven. Although that's gone up from forty-seven in twenty twelve because auto enrollment, that's still not enough. We need more people paying attention to their pensions. And one thing I want to talk about before we move on is when you're talking mm. about um, the contribution, the current minimum contribution that a company that your company has to um, commit is now two percent is actually risen for one percent. Yeah. And the overall minimum contribution that uh, uh, let's say a worker can have. It's 5%. So if your company is contributing 2% of your, of your salary, you have to make up the remaining 3%. And next April, it's yeah. due to rising to 8% and the employer to 3%. So if your employer is contributing 3% minimum, you'll have to contribute 5% minimum of your salary. So you can see that the onus is now being pushed more onto the into, onto the employer, but so that's a minimum. You want to be doing more than the minimum. You want to do a lot more than that, a lot more than even at sort of HR where I work, they kind of, having sort of mentioned that they kind of encouraged us to increase from last year and again it's just kind of getting used to having that money taken out early it's better for you to do it now because the thing with this is you have a long sort of work horizon 
and it's little and often not about doing a couple thousand uh, you know once in a while if you're doing you know 50 100 150 a month it all adds up and remember it's been compounded because it's been invested yep. again it's just kind of a lot of it is just thinking just thinking ahead like just using your brain and just thinking yeah definitely so okay cool so we've discussed what pension is the different types why we need one so um part two of this how how the state pension probably won't be around when us and we're talking about millennials retire so remember before i said we spend a lot as when i say we the government spends a lot on pensions 165.8 billion scheduled 20 percent of our income a lot of our a lot of public spending is propping up the pensions, the pension pot. You cannot rely on the government having the funds to adequately provide your pension in, let's say, 20, 30 years when most of the listeners are probably looking at retirement. So, mm. Ola, what are your thoughts on the future for millennials in terms of um, pensions and relying on the government to sort them out? So essentially, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. If you think about, think back to 30, 40, 50 years, average life expectancy, probably a bit longer than that, was honestly between 45 to 55, meaning people would work, retire, and then probably after, you know, working, which meant there wasn't that much stress on the government. Now, what has happened is in the last, again, 30, 40, 50 years, there's been improvements in sort of life expectancy, healthcare, um, reductions in pollution. We understand sort of technology and healthcare a lot better. And that means that life expectancy has really increased. Because of that, um, there's a lot more people living longer lives, meaning there's a lot more pressure on the government to support and provide for people in retirement, state pension. And what the government has basically said, but more specifically, the GAD, which is the government's actuaries department, which basically advised the government on all things state pension related, have basically said, look, we're running out of money for all these people living this long. And unless we increase national insurance contributions, meaning unless we take more from people for their pensions, the entire sort of state pension part will realistically be zero or depleted by 2032. And basically, that basically means for us millennials, there's a high probability, I've, I've basically said it's going to happen, that there won't be a state pension. What that basically means is that the onus is on you as an individual to really pattern yourself up financially for retirement. So aside from your workplace pension, forget the state pension and apart from you having a personal pension there has to be other things in place that could be again opening up your own personal pension so finding a platform put in 20 30 50 pounds in a month um, or having something else such as property or a business but you need to have something in place and whenever i tell people that they just they brush it off but then they'll pay 50 pounds towards you know other things that they don't necessarily need but again just the sort of stress and the main point is that you need to have something in place. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. If that's an extra 25, 30 pounds a month, it's better than nothing. It's better for you to have 30, 40, 50K than absolutely nothing or be over-dependent on the state. The state doesn't care about you. They're not your family. Real talk. But yeah, um, one, thing I've sort of, one thing I've sort of found is that when people kind of talk about pensions, it's always like one of their lower priorities. And with people, one thing I've noticed is when it comes to kind of spending money and thinking about life, people will spend on average about a year preparing for a wedding. People will spend weeks and months preparing for a holiday, Croatia 2018, Vegas 2019. And I know these are things you've mentioned before when it comes to like buying a car, people will spend months on Autotrader 
piling up which cars to get, which ones to not buy, getting a 93 pound a monthly contract for a phone. And then it's like, when it comes to the pension, they don't even think about it. Not to say that a wedding or a holiday or a car or weave or whatever is not important. They are, but it's just about understanding what priorities are more important. A wedding is a one-day event. A holiday is how long? What, a week or two? You know, a car. How If you live and work in London, really and truly, you probably take the train to work. So you're only really able to drive evenings and weekends. Retirement is how long? On average, 20 years. We know that in the UK, the average sort of retirement age is, what, 65? Um, according to the ONS, and sort of average life expectancy for a typical man and woman in the UK is about sort of the mid 80s, let's say 85. That means you have to fund 20 years of living on average. You need to have something in place to kind of fund that. And a lot of people just don't. So for me, it's just about, again, back to my original point about just thinking about it, having something in place, not relying on the government or sort of anyone else to be there to back you. And it's just one of those things that earlier, the earlier you start, the better position you're in. It's definitely sort of my stance on that. Yeah, I completely agree. You don't want to be caught. You don't want to be caught lacking when you, you know, in your sixties. You realize that. Nah. Like, nah, 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 that's I, the worst. I hate when I see like people, elderly people, still working, still out there grafting just to get by because their pension game isn't set up. You don't want to put yourself in that position. And not only just us, you want to be also talking to your parents, aunties, uncles, loved ones, family, friends, just making sure that they are in a position or they start putting us on this position to have an easier life when they reach such an age. Um, moving on to more practical aspects. Um, how to and what actually should we invest in in terms of when it comes to pensions? So with sort of pensions, similar to your sort of episode last week, a lot of it invariably kind of depends on the type of pension pot you go for. So you've got your kind of standard fund where fund manager will kind of collect people's money and invest in sort of different areas. For some that might be based on region, so emerging markets, um, frontier markets, developed markets, some sort of invest ethically, so non-tobacco, non-arms kind of organizations, some are sort of based on technology organizations. It really sort of does depend, but generally speaking, when you are put into your workplace pension, you're essentially put into like a default fund, which is usually like a standard mixed balance fund, which kind of just invests in sort of different assets, bonds, keeps some as cash, a bit in shares, and then there's you kind of get that mix, which over time, as you kind of go through your working life, it moves to a more conservative or safer fund. So when you're kind of in your 20s, 30s, it's invested in sort of higher risk opportunities like shares and equities. Then as you get older, it moves into more kind of property funds, more into bonds, more into cash, because these are lower risk. And the whole thing is that by that point, your money would have built up quite a bit. They move it into these lower risk sort of investments so that there's less likelihood of your money just dropping halfway. Because imagine you kind of, you're putting money in, you've made like, I don't know, 400k after 20, 25 years. And then one of your investments just flops. That is peak. Mad. But money's in cash or in a bond. You know, like the likelihood of that kind of still being there is really high. But again, even sort of thinking about that, again, I always encourage people just think about something else away. Because really, you shouldn't be dependent on work or anyone to look after you. A lot yeah, of people of are too reliant on work or the government. Like, they don't know you by name, really. They don't, you're a number to them. Yeah. And facts. the onus is always going to be on you. And then again, with sort of personal pay 
extensions if you are to sort of set one up there's obviously like many different kind of platforms you can kind of look to that have these opportunities here for you so you know aj bell alliance trust best invest hargreaves obviously charles stanley uh, fidelity personal halifax uh interactive investor uh iweb there's so many sort of different platforms and i always kind of encourage people to look at the different platforms think about what they have on offer and then most importantly again something that was mentioned in last week's episode is looking at the costs because you could be an investment that's doing really well but one of the biggest uh, determinants of sort of an investment is the charges the fees you're kind of paying the one of the good things about sort of pensions that kind of recently has been around is sort of a charge cap and essentially what that that means is that most platforms when it comes to pensions 0.75 0.75 of the fund because again it isn't fair that you're saving hard-earned money for later life for someone to just come and just take that money willy-nilly and again that's just in place to kind of protect you as an investor but again it's just important to look at the different platforms look at their charges the overall charges you're going to be paying on an annual basis and then kind of compare i personally always kind of go with the lowest charge and then i, I tend to stick to trackers which essentially invest in sort of say the FTSE 100 which is the top 100 companies in the UK yeah just takes a bit of all of those and then just does this thing it's passive I don't want anyone to be managing that just let it do its thing and give it the lowest charges that's the sort of for me the safest way it's the lowest kind of it's the lowest risk and I tend to kind of go that way and for people who have very limited knowledge on investing don't know what to do I say look at that as a starting point in terms of research or look at what funds are available and I always tell people to look at past well i know past performance is not in the area of future performance but to look at it as a guide um and again just charges is this fund manager have they got a good reputation how long have they been going have they got experience how good are they and just understand and i always look for fund managers who have invested in their own funds i'm not going to get on the captain isn't even on the ship himself what's that about why are you bailing yeah sure i always look for a fund manager yeah, that's, that's just the way I do it. If he's got money in it, I want to make sure he's got a lot of money. Then I'm like, okay, cool. If you're risking yours, I'm a bit more comfortable in your confidence in your fund. But when a fund manager's like, I haven't got any peas in this. So I'm like, mm-mm, I don't trust you. What's that about? But again, just kind of thinking about all these different aspects and just understanding where you're going, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's quite, it's, it's a good, um, what's it called? Um, follow-up from previous week's podcast and investing in funds because it's pretty much the same procedure, but this is just your pension. This is something that you can actually realise in when you're 65 or whatever age you decide to retire. So, and you, and Precisely. you, you don't need to be putting in mad, mad pee. Like, obviously, if you've got the money to do so, fantastic, because it's only going to be better for you. But you've got to remember, compound interest, like, is compounding, compounding across the period. It's your friend. Time. And plus, also, when these funds are growing as well, that also compounds. So, your your fifty pound a month may seem insignificant now, but it'll be significant when it's time to actually realise your investment. So it's very important to to understand that just because you start a small, don't mean it's insignificant. It's like a snowball effect. One grain of rice alone is not going to fill you up, but you have I don't know a hundred thousand grains of rice. That's going to do a, that's going to do a mad thing to you. So <laughs> a very very jazz analogy, but like that's just that's the fact um, fact of the matter. You want to at least get started as soon as possible. Um, you can ask um, Tag Me Podcast or Dysonomics for any more information. But the sooner you get involved, the better for you. And don't also forget your friends and family. 
especially the more elderly one. You do not want them retiring with nothing to live off. That's that's just terrible. After spending forty odd hundred percent, hundred percent grafting, paying tax, they've got niche to show for it. You 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 don't want that at all. Um, as I say, so in terms, of, I'm gonna ask you some personal questions. In okay. terms of what platforms do you use? So maybe that will give the listeners a bit more, what's it called? Um, a bit more certainty and a, a bit, bit more, more practical. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so what do you use in terms of your um, pension, pension funds? Of course. So with me, understandably, absolutely biased because I do work for them. I use Hargreaves Lansdowne. Yeah, um, same. Again, standard pension because I obviously understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. And obviously the platform, I work for the organization. I know what's kind of happening behind closed doors and I know the service that's sort of being provided. And with them, there's a sort of annual management charge of platform charge of 0.45%. And the benefit also is I can log into my account because I've got an ISA as well, log into my ISA or my account, see my ISA, see my pension as well, and I make changes. So I was investing in like the default fund. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, I don't really like this. And I had the opportunity to sort of change that as often when I wish, which I did. And that's one of the things that I sort of do enjoy is just having that freedom to sort of change it. But again, other platforms, you have Trustnet, Direct, uh, Share Center, Strawberry, Halifax, Interactive, Fidelity, Charles Stanley, Close Brothers, I think they're still about, um, Best Investor, Alliance, um, AJ Bell, um, obviously sort of even platforms like Nutmeg as well. And there's, you know, lots of other things kind of about and, Whenever I'd kind of tell people to think about it, I'm always sort of saying you need to understand that when you do pay, you're getting tax relief. So, for example, every £80 you put in, the government probably going to add £20. And then, again, employer contributions. It's just thinking about how this is going to benefit you, understanding what platforms are available. But I definitely sort of say a simple Google search of, you know, pension platforms available. Start with looking at the main three or four, compare their charges, compare how they work, are they going to do all the work for you or are you going to have to do it yourself when it comes to the sort of tax relief? Do they expect you to apply for that or are they going to do it on your behalf? Just understand what is easiest for you. If you're like me, I don't like stress. My thing is just set up a direct debit and let it just do its thing. Mm. If that's you, then look at platforms that will give you that kind of opportunity to do that. They might cost a bit more than the ones that will let you do it all yourself, that charge a bit less, but understand how you work. I just like autopilot, simple, cool life, direct debits get taken out for savings and investing, and then I just live my life. And so I just found a platform that just does that for me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just I'm, fortunate I'm, enough to kind of work with them. Yeah. Um, I, I use um, HL as well. I've actually only just signed up to Moneybox. I want to see what that's like because it's a bit more, because it's a bit more. Okay. Yeah. I want to see what that's like. See if I'm going to recommend it to to the listeners, but yeah, I, I've got um, I got um, Hoggy's lands down. I recommend them; they're pretty good. So it just depends. How long on... you been with HL? Huh? How long you been with Hargreaves? Um, I was. I think one of my first jobs, I was auto enrolled into Hargreaves lands down. So I just I just rode of it. Okay. Then. Yeah, and then so I opened my um, socks and shares okay. this thing with them in it. So I dabble in it here and there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a lot more a lot more seriously. Um this year and that's why I started the podcast yes. like, well yeah I'm take, I want to take my investments more seriously so it'll be, I thought it would be a good opportunity to learn with the listeners and talk to some cool people about it so yeah anything else you'd like to add Ola before we go about our Sundays or Sunday our Sunday 
Um, no, the main thing is honestly just kind of think about it. Um, don't, don't, definitely don't get scared about it. It's nothing scary. It's just essentially savings, but just for savings long term. And if you are, you know, looking for something a bit more personal or just want to ask any direct questions, um, I didn't sort of plug it, but I'm more than welcome for people to contact me directly on Twitter. And my at is at Ola Miller, O-L-A-M-I-L-A. But um, it's just one of these things that we definitely sort of need to think about, especially within our community. I actually had, uh, this was in August, an event called Secure the Bag that was just kind of talking about, I had guest speakers where we just kind of spoke about the importance of investing and saving, how to do it, what platforms, and it's just something we encourage, especially within our community, because it's in our community where we have the least knowledge of these things, and without that knowledge, we can't really sort of take action and implement things and improve situations, but, you know, this is what we're doing. And now, you know, this episode, your platform, my platform is obviously the right opportunity to push our messages out and sort of help our people, help everyone really. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely just share this message, like you said, with friends and family, anyone you know who is sort of close to retirement. It's really important to just have a word and make sure that they've got something patterned. And it's never too late. It's never, ever too late. Like 40, 50, it's not too late to start saving yeah, a couple hundred pounds a month for every couple months for your retirement. Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. So you already mentioned they could find you at um, Tag Me In Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud on the iTunes, right? That is correct, yeah. And you guys can email us at info at tagmeinpodcast.co.uk. And yeah, we're just about kind of living, being the best version of yourself. Um, so it's just kind of trying to add value to people's lives. So if you kind of check us out. And yeah, we definitely love to have you on our platform soon man oh yeah 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 let me know when as and when um, I'm down and okay cool um, thank you for listening to this episode I quite enjoyed that um, talking pensions is very very important please even if you need to get a young paper and pad to write stuff down or listen to it multiple times make sure you do that I do that with some podcasts I listen to as well and you wanna even if even if all you do is just sign up for these websites at least you've taken a step Same. and try to do a young research just Investopedia is quite good. If you want, if you don't, if you're seeing words you don't understand, it's a start. That, type in that word of Investopedia. There's YouTube videos. You could holler at Ola and tag me in podcast. You could holler at me as well. So thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe for listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Preferably give a nice review. Also, if you're listening to our SoundCloud, please follow so it comes straight to your feed. And yeah, thank you for listening to episode 76 on pensions. It's been a good one. Before we go, I'd like to thank Ola. Ola, thank you for joining me today. Giving us that good, good, good gist. Of course, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I'll Love definitely have you back Keep again. it up. But yeah, make sure you hit us both up. You know our emails. All the links will be below. Thank you for listening and God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.